Welcome to Clover Club, a podcast about curious conversations and stories intended to make you laugh and learn. I'm your host, Erica, and today, oh boy, I am... I say this every episode that I'm excited, but this is like very special. So today I'm joined by Nancy Rorabaugh. She is a friend, a neighbor, a client, and one of the coolest and baddest bitches I have ever met in my life. Um, Nancy, hi. Hi, Erica. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Clover Club, More Nancy. More than welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> so, Nancy, I don't know if it's because I've never had a close relationship with a grandmother, but you have this wisdom and energy and these amazing stories that sweep so many decades that I just cannot get enough of. And today it's just going to be my absolute pleasure to just sort of wind Nancy up and let her go because the experiences that you've had in your 86 years are just unbelievable. So I know you've got a busy schedule and I appreciate you taking time to sit down with me. (laughs) Sweetie, I don't have a busy schedule because I'm retired and so I'm delighted to be here. There's something to do. I love it. I'm happy to give you something to do, Nancy. Um, So Nancy, what year were you born? 1937. 1937, my goodness. So recently I saw Nancy, I I was cutting your hair, and you made a comment about reconnecting with a childhood friend of yours. Did you say you met in second grade? Yes, I did. Okay, so a woman that Nancy had met in second grade, and you just casually mentioned that you had moved around a lot as a kid because of World War II. Correct. And that was just like a crazy thing for me to hear you say, because... uh, that was obviously a long time ago, and uh, here you are just hanging out. And will you just, like, what was it like growing up in the middle of a world war? The earliest memory I have was before Dad was stationed in the Air Force during the war. Okay. And was stationed out in Denver. But prior to our going to Denver, uh, we had air raids, and uh, the sirens would go off, all the lights, you had to turn the lights off in the house all over Lynchburg mm-hmm. and um, so I would sit in the dark with my mother and my younger sister and wait for for the sirens to stop blaring because it was a bomb alert in other words we had uh, different dads in the na- walking the neighborhood okay. and my uncle was one of them and wait for the the sirens to stop, and then the lights came back on, and I did not understand. I knew it was scary, and I was terrified, but at four, didn't have any comprehension of the war. Sure. Yeah. How long would that normally last for? I would, well, what do I remember at 86? About (laughs) four, but it seemed like an eternity to me. I would say... Probably a good 20 minutes or more. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And uh, it was always a warning, but never an actual bombing, right? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. In retrospect, might have been good to bomb Lynchburg, but (laughs) (laughs) hello. Uh, We can go there another time. (laughs) I mean, I've got all the time in the world, Nancy. Today's my day off. (laughs) Okay. My goodness. Okay, so that is... That was the beginning, Erica. And then we, uh, Dad went to Denver. Mm-hmm. He was stationed out at uh, Air Force Base there. And Mom and Ann and I took the train out to Denver. And I have some wow. of the fondest memories of train rides. I love you know, trains. Long I awesome. train. I love trains, yeah. 
And then was out there till 45. Okay. That's when the uh, end came Mm -hmm. and this big parade and everything. And I remember being my bike all with red, white, and blue. Wow. You know, crepe paper. And, you know, we celebrated the end of the war. Yeah. And I have the... During that, I remember mom and dad huddled on the sofa listening to the radio to the news reports every single night. Oh, I bet. And I didn't get all of the intensity of it, uh, of course, still young. Mm -hmm. But um, I knew something was not right. Yeah. But the biggest memory I have is going out to the Air Force Base, to the dinner club. Of course, there was dancing and everything. And I fell in love with a young lieutenant. Oh, at nine years old? Uh, Well, yes, because he'd asked me to dance, (gasps) and I could put my feet on top of his, and that's the way we danced. Aww, cute. That's one of the biggest memories I have of Denver, is dancing on that young man's feet. (laughs) I was madly in love with him. Yes, I was. (laughs) And this is not your first husband. No, no, (laughs) no, 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 we got plenty of time between them there. Okay, so the war ended. Mm -hmm. Did you stay in Denver? No, dad transitioned out uh, down into Harlinger, Texas, which is my idea of hell, (laughs) and um, hotter than you can imagine. Yeah. And uh, we had to shake our shoes every morning to be sure there weren't spiders in them. Oh, goodness. And, uh, you know, it was... Plus having to sleep in the same bed with my sister, which was not a good thing. Not ideal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And how long were you there for? I best guess was probably a year, maybe not quite. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you yeah. moved around a lot as a kid because of your dad. Because of the de- of, okay. of the war. Yeah. 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 Okay. So uh, later in life, <laughs> you uh, <laughs> followed the path of an artist. I did. How did that come about? I always could draw. Okay. And uh, the biggest thing that my parents were impressed with is in the coloring books, Erica, I would stay in the lines. I never came out of the lines. Perfect color, perfect uh, distribution of color, nothing, you know. And they decided at that point that I was artistic. Yeah. And they kept telling me, now my Aunt Jane, dad's sister, was an artist. So they thought I had inherited that. And indeed, I probably did. That's so cool. Because I could always draw. Spent hours in my room drawing my hands, and I loved body parts and, you know, and faces and stuff like that. So, yeah. That's so cool. As a kid, did you know that was something that you could uh, make a career out of or pursue that way? No, not that early, but I knew I was damn good at it. <laughs> I love that confidence. And, and, and nobody else, you know, all through school and high school, junior high, grade school, I could outdraw anybody. That's know? awesome. Yeah. Did you ever win any, like, competitions or anything like that? I did uh, several that were just local in the high school. Yeah. Uh, in uh, senior high. Okay. I've forgotten what they were, but, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So you graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. Then what? Then I went to Mary Washington for two years, wanted a liberal arts degree, Mm -hmm. and then fully planned to transfer to uh, VCU now, but it was Richmond Professional Institute at the time that I went. Okay. And I knew I wanted to be a commercial artist. It wasn't designer. It wasn't graphic designer. It wasn't advertising or branding, any of the 
stuff now, yeah. but knew that's what I wanted to do and did transfer to Richmond um, in uh, sophomore year for the last two years. Okay. That's where I met husband number one. Oh, <laughs> okay. He, he was from North Carolina. Okay. And uh, also in the design group and uh, or the design class. And we were friends right away mm-hmm. and, and friendship first yeah and, and, and the they say that's away. good <laughs> and it was it was for me it was yeah good. yeah yeah that's awesome okay so you uh, met your first husband mm-hmm. you graduated from school then what? no what I, I actually didn't graduate uh my dad died oh. so I had to David was still in school okay and I went to work in a small agency. Okay. Because we were married at that point, okay. and, and he was finishing up his uh, last year. I couldn't afford to go. Family couldn't afford to send me Wow. Uh, to finish. So I didn't, and we got, ma- you know, we were married, so I went to work, and then we moved to North Carolina. I had two children, so I didn't go back to school to finish up an undergraduate degree to my daughter's were like in kindergarten. Oh, interesting. First grade in kindergarten, you know, that, and um, finished up the undergraduate degree at that point. Good for you. And then decided to go to grad school and to be a, a fine arts painter, figure painter. Yeah. And at that point <clears throat> in grad school, decided I was going to do male nudes because... <laughs> Tired of looking at females, love the female body, not a problem with it, but I thought male body's got, got something going. Now, are you ready for a really risque story? Yes, Nancy, let's go. <laughs> okay. Um, David and I, home, uh, smoked a joint, and I looked at him and I said, strip, I want to draw. <laughs> he looked at me like I'd shot him, and I said, oh, for God's sakes, it's not anything I haven't seen for years. Seriously. <laughs> Strip. I want to draw. That's right. So I did. Ugh. And that's what started me on my figure, my male figure painting for grad school. So that's what I was doing first year. I walk into second year of grad school. The instructor comes in and says, design something 65 feet and soft. Oh, wow. And I thought, damn, roll the toilet paper with some drawing on it, not going to solve this problem. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, Nancy, just walk and think. You got a semester. Mm-hmm. Long story short, walked past some pipes that were soft, hissing sound coming from them. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's it, recording 65 feet of soft tape sound, not drawing, not painting, not Ooh. doing a damn thing. And that threw me into final year of grad school doing a sound and light project based on, not music, soft sound. Wow. That's so innovative. Yeah. So I get, I know this sounds egotistical, and I don't mean for it to sound that way, but because I could draw and paint and watercolor, I could do all mediums, pastel, all of that, Mm -hmm. I got bored with it very, very easily. And it's still true today. Uh, I get bored doing the same thing over again, and so I, I don't. 
That makes sense. Well, yeah. and Nancy and I were chatting before we hit record, and she made a comment about, you know, just how interesting it is to learn how to do a podcast and all this stuff. And we yeah. agreed that you should never stop challenging yourself to learn new things. Absolutely. Because um, it does get boring if you know that you're good at something, mm-hmm. and there's not much of a challenge in that, you know? Correct. So I love that from a young age, you identified that yeah, really. Yeah, absolutely. Chose the hard path. Yeah. Yeah. Challenging cool. past. Challenging, yeah. And it excited me, Erica. And I do that now with photography. I don't paint or draw anymore. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. But I do photography, and what I realize I can do is create texture and go in close with a micro lens mm-hmm. and see things that I had never seen before it, that you can't see with the naked eye. Yeah. And it reminded me of biology class and how fascinated I was in the labs under the microscope looking at cell structure. Yeah. And that it's not visible to the naked eye, but there it was under a microscope. Very and so real. that's the same what I get finally at this age and this point in my life, creative oomph and excitement yeah. is photography and going in on things that I create and seeing things that I would never be able to see with a naked eye. That is so cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, okay, you finished your degree. Mm-hmm. You've got these two young kids. You're still married at this point. Um, uh, take us from there. Okay, okay. <laughs> grad school. I told you I was in uh, grad school. Mm-hmm. And it was a whole women's lib, uh, um, you know, everything that's just gone down the tubes now, I fought very hard for women's rights. Great. Thank you. And uh, uh, it just kills my soul. But in that two years of grad school, I found my identity. Does that make sense to you? Yes. As an artist, as a woman, Mm -hmm. an intelligence, everything. And at that point, and I did try to make the marriage work mm-hmm. and realized I couldn't do it and it wasn't going to be good for me to stay. Yeah. And so I elected to leave. Um, I knew I couldn't take the children because I wouldn't have been able to support them and, and husband wasn't somebody I could rely on for mm-hmm. constant money. Mm-hmm. You just couldn't do it. So I left, and that began my odyssey down to Atlanta and into advertising and a career that lasted almost 30 years. And I was in my late 30s, early 40s at that point. Okay. Yeah, when I came to Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. I'm fascinated by, well, hold on, how old were your girls then? Uh, When I divorced, uh, seven and ten. Okay, okay. And did you, uh, I know you're very close now, did you keep in touch with them? Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Oh, God, yeah, never deserted them. I physically wasn't there, but I talked to them on the phone all the time, Mm -hmm. had them down to visit me, went up there to visit friends and saw them at that point as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm intrigued by, I mean, even now, as women, we're kind of sold this idea that our identity comes from marriage and childbirth. Correct. And so I'm so impressed by it at that time, you identifying that's not the case. And uh, I think that being married can be great. I think that being a mother can be great. But yeah. there's that leaves that, how do I want to say this? It's not enough. Right? Because those no. are all things that are outside of you. Yes. Is that something... Had you always wanted kids? Like, 
how did you come to grips with that not being the main part I, of your identity, I, I guess? Yes, I, I did, uh, because that's... <laughs> You're talking about 50s women. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what you did. You, yeah. you was, I was told I should get an education, be educated for my husband to, mm. to be a good hostess and to be a good intelligent person. Yeah. That, that was the only reason to get an education. I was encouraged to do it, Mom and Dad. But yeah. uh, that was the reason, mm. you know. So I just thought that's what you did, mm. and I did, and, and I loved David. Yeah. I didn't marry him because I had to or anything like that. Yeah. I thought we'd be married forever oh. and didn't turn out that way. Sure. But, uh, and the girls... It was it was hard, mm-hmm. but I knew I wasn't gonna really I wasn't gonna survive if I didn't leave. Yeah, and I tried to be there for him and have uh, regardless. Mm-hmm. And I never stopped loving him. I mean, it wasn't sure. that I I just I remember when Jennifer, the oldest one, was born, and I they put her in my arms, and I thought. Oh my God! What's this? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You know, but you know it's instinctual. Sure, you you are, and there's love, and you know it was fun times and yeah. scary times, and you yeah. know all of that. It wasn't that I didn't I didn't want them in a way that I think young women today, when they start families, really want, they knew they wanted that. I I just thought that's what you did. Yeah. And it's not that I didn't want it, Mm -hmm. because I I never questioned that I wanted it and would be happy and and was with them. I mean, you know, uh, it was, I didn't know a thing about raising children. All you had was Dr. Spock, don't anybody anybody ever pick up one of those books because <laughs> it was awful I mean that's all the backup you had for any problem with a child so it was hard and I think for any woman in my generation uh, it would have been hard and there are probably yeah. some that did that took you know was better it wasn't wasn't the children yeah. That caused any, the in the marriage, it was me finding myself. Yeah. Finding myself and who I was for the first time in my life since being a very young girl. That's so beautiful. And I think a lot of people live entire lifetimes and never find that. Yeah, I and agree. And uh, they put themselves in the back burner and then, you know, you wake up and you're 86 and you're like, oh man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Day late and a dollar short, darling. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I just, I'm so, I'm so impressed by that. Mm -hmm. And I know that was, uh, especially in the 50s, my God, I mean, such a tough decision to make. But I think that... It wasn't in the, it was 60s. In the 60s. Okay, okay. Also tough. (laughs) Yeah, also tough. Yeah. No, definitely tough. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So you shared a story with me, Nancy, once that I think circles back into this part of your timeline where you mentioned you were down here, you were working at an agency Mm -hmm. and in a a male dominated field. And here you are a woman doing your thing. Talk to me about what that was like. It it was difficult. I don't know how many of your audience ever watched Mad Men, but that's probably a lot. That's what it was. Even in the sixties that started in the Mm fifties, the program did, but the things that were operative uh, were still there. They weren't as overt. Okay. But they were there. Interesting. They were there. And I ran into that 
uh, quite a few times. Yeah. And have to tell you, I got fired from every job because I didn't take it anymore. I just, you know, <laughs> pretty rebel. much said what I thought and yeah. got fired. Yeah. Use it as a badge of courage. <laughs> but, for instance, I was let go, and the creative director took me to lunch and said, uh, we, we've we lost a couple of clients and we have to, to do this. Uh, you're... We're not dissatisfied with your work. You're a great designer. You know, you do great work and all of that. And I said, well, then why are you letting me go? Mm-hmm. I wasn't the last hired. Yeah. Uh, this young man was. Mm-hmm. And he looked straight at me and he said, well, he's got a wife. And you don't have, you know. I was dating someone and he said, you have this person. Yeah. And I, it was like because I had a man in my life that he could take care of me. And that wasn't the case. Unbelievable. And it was, I realized that I probably had a case to take to court, Mm -hmm. but I knew if I did, I'd never work in Atlanta again. And I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. And what a crazy decision to, to have to make. Mm -hmm. Stand up for yourself or to let it go. Because it wasn't a job performance problem, you yeah. see. And and it should have been, if that wasn't the case, last purse hired. Sure. First one let go when you lose clients. Absolutely. And they didn't lose, they didn't let him go because he was married. Oh She's God. working. Oh, interesting. There weren't any families. She's a teacher. Oh, my gosh. So just because he was a man and had a woman had to take a, care yeah. of, he takes priority. Yes. Unbelievable. Correct. Oh. Correct. Did anything else crazy like that happen? Well, let me think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's some really, um, that was the only overt thing that did happen. But, you know, plenty of times where, well, actually in this same agency, we had a big client. Mm -hmm. I did a a campaign, which they presented, and they said, you can't be in on the presentation because you're a woman. That's, and if the client knew you were a woman, we would lose the account. What? Mm-hmm. Are you I, able, what industry was the accountant? You don't have to call them out, but I'm just curious what type of product. Well, you it was. would know who I was talking about okay. if I did, so okay. I won't. I won't do that. Okay. But, uh, oh, man, yeah. curiosity is going to kill me. <laughs> I'll tell you, independent of the podcast, okay. how about that? Perfect. Mm-hmm. Can I wonder? Can you answer this? Is it like? A male-dominated product? Uh, no, because, uh, well, there's some of those I refuse. They, one of the agencies later, you know, had a, a, a rifle account, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't, they asked me if I wanted to work on it. I said, no. Nope. <laughs> nope. No, yeah. no, no. But the one ad I was given in this original agency uh, that I was with, um, the first ad they gave me was a half page for a women's lotion for stretch marks after oh my pregnancy. Gosh. Well, that should be your your expertise, Nancy. Well, <laughs> it, it you know I thought, okay, this is not a challenge. You yeah. Know, but I did a really good job, and and I was proud of it. It was my first one I could put in my portfolio. That's so I awesome. Did. Well, good for you. And then I. They gave me another bigger thing to do, full page ad, and okay. that, that really was a springboard for me to further work. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you're in your Mad Men era. You're fighting for feminism. You're divorced. You're dating around. I know husband number two comes floating in at some point. 
Okay, uh, I wasn't dating around. Um, you know, I didn't mean it promiscuously. No, no, no. Well, um, unless you know. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, men, by and large, not attracted to me because of my mouth. <laughs> so, Maybe that's my problem. So yeah, so uh, you know, that's pretty much the way that is. But. Um, um, it was seven years, and then I met the, my second husband through friends that okay. I had worked with at one of the agencies. Mm-hmm. And we each marriage, in retrospect, lasted 13 years. Not really lucky, oh, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I was in my late 50s when the second one ended. Okay. And then my life began, Erica. Oh. Because I had always wanted to travel. I wanted to see Greece and Italy and all of Europe because I was a big history, European history nut, mm-hmm. as well as English literature. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I might just say, Jane Austen didn't help me in the men department because I was forever looking for Darcy. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't exist. He does not he exist. He does not exist, ladies, let me tell you. <laughs> So that was part of me looking for the wrong thing as well. Yeah. Yeah, Well, that also, that follows that same thread of, uh, from a young age, kind of being shown, like, this is what your life is supposed to look like. Yes. This is what love is supposed to look like and partnership. And it's just not the case. Yeah, and equal. Uh, She was so brilliant at at writing all of her stories were the women having their own voice. Yep. And that was a real part of my establishing who I was female. Yeah, I like that. It wasn't my mother. Mm -hmm. The two women that influenced me the most were uh, Jane Austen and Georgia O'Keeffe. Cool. That's it. Yeah. They they formed me, good and bad, Mm -hmm. you know, with the looking for Darcy thing. It was ridiculous. Not helpful. Not helpful. (laughs) But there's a very uh, romantic side to me. Yeah juxtaposed to the realist. Yeah. And it's a constant battle. I can totally relate to that. <laughs> Head saying, what are you thinking about, Hart? Hart saying, what are you thinking about? You know, get over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that easy. Yeah, not that easy. Did you know when you married your second husband that it wouldn't last forever? No, not really. Okay. You know, but when it, no, because it was kind of a surprise. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was a good bit younger than mm. I was. How much is a good bit? Ten, uh, ten years, nine, ten years. All right, Nancy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They have to be younger to keep up with me. <laughs> I love you. Smoke a joint and strip, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> You're my hero. <laughs> But what I was getting ready to say, Erica, because it did break, Mm -hmm. it allowed me to go to travel. And uh, when I turned 60, I thought, I'm going. Uh, I knew there had been a type typography. I love type. type, I taught type, Mm -hmm. the use of typography, fonts, all that, love letter forms. Yeah. Absolutely adore them. And there was a big A-Type I conference in Reading, England. And it was happening the summer, or the, well, it was not summer, it was fall, 
my birthday's in September. Okay. And I thought that's what I'm for my 60th birthday. I'm going to rent a car. I'm going to fly and I'm going to rent a car at Gatwick and I'm going to drive to Reading. This is awesome. And after I'm through with the conference, I'm going to drive west to Bath and down to, you know, Salisbury. I'm going to and then go back, fly home. Good for you. And I practiced walking on the side of the, the wrong side of the street. Yeah. I had a friend that was teaching at uh, where I was, and she was from England and taught me all about roundabout, so mm-hmm. I knew how the drill was on that. Yeah. And did that and met my friend Nan at the conference and told her what I was planning to do. After she said, oh, no, you must come with me and stay with me and John, mm-hmm. and I will drive with you everywhere. He sails, I don't, and we will travel. And I said, Okay. <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> if you insist. So that set up for me, I was never going to turn a major birthday in the States. Yes, I do the same thing. Yeah, and uh, so that was 60. 70, I was in Italy. Nice. Unfortunately, at 80, I I was here. <laughs> well, it was just health-wise and yeah. stuff. I just couldn't do it. And so glad yeah. I did it when I did because yes. I had about... 12, 15 years there that I just went to, I was going to Europe probably twice a year. Yeah, that's awesome. Different conferences and then to visit Nan. A friend I met at one of the conference was the director of the Bauhaus in Weimar. Wow. And so I went to visit him and and his wife and uh, was able to see the beginnings of Bauhaus. Amazing. And it was the things I've been able to do in those years since that second divorce. Mm Mm-hmm. I wouldn't give anything. So it was, I'm forever grateful I, that it happened. I think every woman needs to experience solo international travel. I agree. Abundantly. I, I totally agree. Yeah. There's totally nothing more agree. character building. and Absolutely. Uh, oh, how cool. And you're resourceful. You have to rely on your own resources. Yes. And it's, it's great. Oh. Fodder for life. Were you ever, especially with that 60th birthday trip with the first big one, were you fearful at all or were you just enthusiastic and ready? Oh, well, no. Well, Mm -hmm. (laughs) fearful. I mean, you know, back, you know, thinking to myself, oh, God, this could go way wrong, Nancy. This could be really, really horrible, but wouldn't let myself do it. However, I will say that Reading, England, there is no, from the highway, no clear way into that city, that little town, that little city, not a huge town. Mm -hmm. And I drove around the circumference of Reading over and over (laughs) again, and I thought, headline reads, American dies in car, trying to find the center of town. (laughs) And finally just took something that got me down on the main street, but it wasn't clearly marked. And I thought, I'm not going to make the conference. I'll probably not even be alive, even yeah. if I just don't get out of this circling bit. Mm-hmm. And there's no iPhones back then. No. Like, oh, you God, are no. only, maybe you have a paper map, and that's it. Well, yeah, I had, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. 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 Um, I broke <laughs> off an engagement and took a big solo international trip. And okay. this was, like, right, like, I think I may have had an iPhone, but it wasn't, there wasn't the easy maps and navigation. So this was still like, you're on your own in Europe. And yes. I remember getting lost in Paris and having that scary feeling of like, mm-hmm. is this how I die? Yeah. And yeah. obviously the answer is no. But I mean, when you have no one to rely on but yourself, that is when magic happens. Well, it, it reminds me of another story. I'm going to go back a yeah. little while. This is at college at Mary Washington. Mm-hmm. 
And I had a blind date set up through a friend of mine there at West Point. Mm-hmm. And they had to try, uh, change buses in D.C. Okay. I was going up for the weekend. And uh, I des- I decided there was bus broke down in D.C., the one I was supposed to take to New York. Mm-hmm. And they were getting us on another one. It was my decision at that point, Erica, to turn around and go back to college or to keep going and realize that I would have to spend the night, that I wouldn't be able to get the bus out of New York up to the point mm, okay. in time because mm-hmm. of the delay. Mm-hmm. And I decided to keep going. Oh. And I made a plan that I'd get into New York City, I would get a cab, and go to um, y- uh, WCA mm-hmm. because I had enough money that I could probably fit it. Well, I went in there. And they didn't have any rooms whatsoever. Oh, no. So I'd, I, when it calls for it, I can act, if you will. <laughs> uh-huh. Part of it was part real mm-hmm. and part a little over the top and scarlet, but yeah. a southern accent, New York, mm-hmm. you know. I was supposed to go to the point. And I, I just haven't got anywhere else to go. Can I just sleep on a sofa in the, you know, with tears? And mm-hmm. I really just don't know what to do, you know. And they, they put me basically in a broom closet. Okay. I mean, it, was, it had a bed in it, but okay. the toilet was down the hall and everything. So I spent, I was fine. I had a little yeah. box of Rice Krispies or something, you know, so I fed <laughs> myself, you know, out of a box, yeah. corn crisp or something, and got a taxi to the train station the next morning, met one of the most interesting taxi drivers in my life, uh-huh. and I was telling him, he said, well, where are you going? I said, up to the point, and I told him the story, and he said, well, little lady, he said, that's a lot for you must be really in love with, with this young man. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, no, it's first day, and I never <laughs> met him before. <laughs> I just wanted to go to West Point. Yeah. So, and uh, got there, and that's a whole nother story. Uh-huh. But uh, He did not turn into one of the husbands. No. Okay. No, 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 no. Gotcha. No, no, but no, a fun no. adventure. But a fun adventure. But that, back to the point of taking risks, I wouldn't give anything, and and the taxi driver said when I I said, oh no, the first time, and he said, well, little lady, you got a lot of guts. Mm, I love that very Brooklyn accent. He yeah. said, me and the wife drive up every weekend on Sunday. If it was Sunday, I'd drive you up myself. Yeah, aww. And all those are the things you don't forget in interactions with people that, yeah. it, that I've had all over the world. You know, I wouldn't give anything for my life. Absolutely, I'm very fortunate. You don't collect interesting stories like that by playing it safe. No. <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah, yeah, you can yeah, be exciting yeah. and fun and maybe a little scared or safe and boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you just have to challenge yourself whatever way that comes for you. And I just encourage my granddaughters to do that yeah. because you'll never regret it, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. So at 86 now, Nancy, <laughs> you have a, a good little track record behind you of choosing the challenging choice. Yes. Are there any regrets that you have or is there any advice that you have for younger women or people just at different phases of their life that you wish you could go back in time and maybe tell your past self or your granddaughters? Uh, I, I, 
am at this point where I have no regrets. That's awesome. The regret that I do have is that I did have to leave my girls, mm-hmm. but it was survival for me. Yeah, it wasn't. Didn't leave them because I didn't want to. Didn't want them or didn't love them. That sure. wasn't the thing. So if I had to look at one regret, not to go back and change it, because I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have. Sure. And you know, I have to. There's some regret that it couldn't have been. Yeah. I couldn't have been. I've tried to be there for them as much in this life mm-hmm. of mine as I could possibly be. Well, I would think that the other side of that choice is staying in a dynamic that you were unhappy in and then modeling for your girls that their happiness was less important than their partners. Right, right. Yeah, correct. So, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it's just the way it was. And I'm at the end of my life, Erica, and I don't regret anything. I'm very grateful. That's for beautiful. the fortune, good fortune I've had. Yeah. The one little regret is that, but I wouldn't have changed it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I guess it's not regret so much. It's just some sadness. Yeah, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. But it's it sounds like the trajectory of your life would have been vastly different had you oh, not would, made that yeah, choice. Yeah, I would have been, um, I wasn't in a good head. Yeah. It was not a good yeah. place. And that I wouldn't, sense. I don't know how long I would have survived, tell mm-hmm. you the truth. Well, I appreciate you being so candid and sharing yeah. that. Um, so I think everybody's journey is different, but I encourage, sure. uh, I certainly encourage my granddaughters to be their individual selves and, mm-hmm. and to take care of themselves and do what they needed to do for them regardless. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're 86, but <laughs> what type of fun plans do you have in the future? Well, <laughs> remember the story about my childhood friend. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Share this with us. Yes. I, I looked, I looked her up. She was just her maiden name because I'd forgotten her married name mm-hmm. and knew they were in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And I just put in her maiden name in Baltimore, Maryland. And she came up and I paid somebody white pages or somebody 12 bucks yeah. <laughs> to get me a phone number and an address yeah. and called her. So and cool. and and she didn't answer because she was she was out and she called me back and she said oh my god Nancy she said I couldn't get my coat off fast enough <laughs> and we just started yakking away and old stories and remembered it the very same way so yeah. I'm going to fly to Baltimore to see her uh, in April okay. for just a long weekend yeah you know, but it, I think you said it's been sixty years since you've seen each other yes. Wow, yes, and it yeah. felt like no time had passed when you chatted. No, it's like nothing had happened. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's like our bodies age as we move through time, but our soul really doesn't. Does right. that resonate with you? I would agree with that. That's yes. so cool. Yeah. Yep. I feel like you've done a good job of staying young <laughs> energetically. What Would you attribute, attribute that to your travels and just self-exploration, or is there anything else specifically that... Has I'm, added to that? I like people. Mm-hmm. I interact with them regardless of where I am. I want to find the joy. I don't want to be old. I mean, I am getting old. Don't mm-hmm. trust me. Anybody listening to this, trust me, I'm old. <laughs> but don't ever lose your curiosity or yeah. your interest in other people and things. You don't have to be best friends. You you can talk to somebody that's serving you coffee or whatever mm-hmm. and get to be really relate on a human, positive, connected level. Yeah. And that's what I love. 
Yeah. Regardless, it could be out on a walk. Mm-hmm. It can be anywhere. Yeah, that's so cool. And and if you don't lose um, your appreciation or your love for that, or just what what interesting person might I meet, mm-hmm. or thing might happen because I said hello to somebody. Sure. You know, so that kind of curiosity is. Yeah, I think that's so important. Part of my life. Yeah. Is there room in your future for more romance? No. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I, I'm being very facetious. Uh, not in the, the sense. Uh, finding intellectual uh, humor. Mm, yeah. uh, humor is a huge part of my life. Yes, same. And it's uh, I, one thing probably has kept me as sane as it, anything mm-hmm. is to see the humor in things and and, in the ridiculousness of things so well so yeah i meet darcy even at 86 (laughs) yeah i'd have a go (laughs) have a go yeah i mean yeah you out there let me know (laughs) oh man i am going to be so bummed if i find out i have to wait until my 80s to meet my darcy (laughs) (laughs) well it's not gonna happen so (laughs) it'll happen long before that Do you have any dating advice for people? Uh, Just be yourself Mm -hmm. and have a sense of humor and and, um, be true to yourself. Yeah. You know, don't just to be with somebody and have to to change anything about yourself in order to to do that is something I couldn't do. Yeah, I agree. And and, um, I think women shouldn't do that. I think they should be very sure of themselves mm-hmm. and open. And yeah. not that it, no no one's perfect, you know, so it, it's not that you can't change some things, you mm-hmm. know, but I think you have to, I think men and women, you have to meet friends. I think you have to meet somebody and connect and be friends and be able to talk mm-hmm. and communicate and be yourself. Yeah. And you the same with them. Mm-hmm. And if that isn't viable, mm-hmm. uh, then it's not going to last very long, in my opinion. Yeah, I can confirm that. My <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Um, so at 86, you've got a couple bionic knees and hips, and you've <laughs> <laughs> trust me, leap bound, single, you know, buildings in a single bound. Yeah, yes, no, uh, absolutely. Do you have any aging advice? Because I think you've done it so gracefully and you've stayed so cool and awesome. And uh, I don't look at all 86-year-olds and feel that way. So I think it's my mind that's kept me young. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, the body wears out. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. But if I've always taken care of it, I've always exercised, I eat right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a good Greek in a way. Everything in moderation. I don't yeah. try to, to um, be too harsh on myself. Yeah. And, but I am cognizant of doing the things that I need to do to keep myself healthy as well as I can. Yeah. The Greeks have a, a thing they think, the body, they look at the body, the ancients did, as a suit of clothes. Mm-hmm. And that's going to wear out. Mm-hmm. The soul or the essence, it just houses that. Yeah. And that wears out, so the soul is what's left. Mm-hmm. And regardless of where you are religiously or, or not, or I'm not, but mm-hmm. uh, um, there's something in the universe that is 
strong mm-hmm. and positive, and it's a lot of bad out there. So. Yeah. Uh, but I really feel my mind, my openness to people, mm-hmm. my love of humor, the arts, I love opera. Yeah. I, you know, oh, God. Grew up listening to Met every Saturday in my room by myself. It's beautiful. For years. Didn't speak any Italian, but loved the music. Yeah. And that that combination of story and song. Mm-hmm. I, I've just, I've been so lucky in this life because I found a lot of joy in it. Yeah. Uh, literature, music, uh, theater, mm-hmm. all of it. All of it. Yeah. Does it feel scary as you're getting older? Mm-mm. Okay. It's good to know. <laughs> no. I just want to be quick. <laughs> I just, right? oh, God, take me out. <laughs> you know, universe rather than God, but universe, take me out. Yeah, you know, just no let, Just let me just, everybody wants that. Right. You know? And uh, I see friends of mine, old friend of mine and, and a friend uh, have Alzheimer's. I can't imagine mm-hmm. a worse hell. Yeah, that's so horrifying oh, to watch. That's so sad. Yeah. So I feel very fortunate. Mm-hmm. But... Not afraid to die. Yeah. Mm. No, it's going to happen. All of us. To all of us. Yeah. And it's not scary. I, did, you know, <laughs> I'm an older daughter that's really into Eastern philosophy, mm-hmm. and you know, some thinking about you have you you don't work it out. You come back, and I said, well. I ain't coming back. <laughs> I'm done with this 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 kind of life thing. I've done. I don't need to do this anymore. I'm gonna float. Yeah. Whatever's left of me, it's just gonna float and look down on things. That sounds awesome. <laughs> and let the rest of the world go to shit. Yeah. Hell in a <laughs> yeah, basket. Yeah. Hell in a <laughs> basket. Yeah. I feel that way. Like I've but seen no, what I needed to see. Oh, <laughs> uh, and hopefully, you know, not afraid to die. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to linger. Mm-hmm. I, if I have a fear, then that would be it. Okay. Yeah, that would be it. Not the actual death. Yeah. Because that's release. Yeah, I agree. But that lingering in it, or not knowing where you were or being tied to a tube or mm-hmm. something, you know, that's not life. Yeah. And I wouldn't want that. That's, that's if I have a fear, it's, I just would like it not to be that. don't know that it won't. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have an advanced medical directive? I do. Okay, good. Oh, gosh, you bet. DNR, DNR, DNR. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mine is like, if I get a paper cut, I'm like, put me out, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> you <not> <laughs> I'm half joking. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, your affairs are in order, and so now you just get to enjoy yourself. And Pretty much. What, what will be, will be. Yeah, exactly. I and for that. all of us in one way, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, you don't always get a heads up. But no, you don't. And so enjoy what you have mm-hmm. and take full advantage. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And be kind. And be kind. And laugh a lot. <laughs> I laugh tried a it. Lot. It's the best medicine. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. truly. Yeah. Uh, well, Nancy, is there anything else that you want to share or talk about? I feel like this has been so wonderful. No, I, I, it's good because I can follow your lead. I got yeah. stories. <laughs> days and months or years even but no this is lovely thank okay. you for having me it's, oh my gosh thank you this is another new thing at 86 people see nancy didn't even hesitate to say yes when i when i asked her if she would come on clover club so you i just 
been my I love pleasure. Your, the curiosity. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, yeah. we're doing this. Why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Clover Club. I hope you enjoyed Nancy's sweeping <laughs> stories and insights. As always, Clover Club listeners get 10% off at hawkinsonclover.com with promo code CLOVERCLUB, all caps. And you can find us on Instagram at CLOVERCLUBPOD. Uh, and also, you know, friendly reminder that we love all feedback and reviews and ratings. And on that note, we are going to hear you next week. Nancy, thank you again so much. And we'll chat later. Bye. Bye.